just for the moment, we're going to take you back to 2007. In 2007, Pike was asleep in Dome Shelter with friend James Christie when he awoke to a rumble. All of a sudden, the door of the Dome Shelter blew open with tremendous force. It ripped off its hinges and, and ended up in the corner of the hut. He looked outside to a site he still can't believe. Mount Durapehu erupting. That was 2007. Our next guest is a man who, at the age of just 22, lost his right leg after being struck by a boulder in the 07 eruption at Mount Ruapehu. William Pike was sleeping in a hut, as you just heard on Ruapehu at the time, the Laha hit, around 8.30 at night. Can you imagine that for a moment, 8.30 in the darkness? It's terrifying. Up a mountain, that terrifying. roaring, roaring, awful noise. That was 12 years ago. And this experience actually led him to become an incredibly successful, inspirational speaker and founder of the William Pike Challenge Award, which in enable students in years 6, 7 and 8 to engage in a huge range of outdoor activities, community service and what he calls passion projects. It's a very good afternoon and welcome to the show, William Pike. G'day William. Hello William. Yeah, kia ora Simon and Phil. Kia ora mate. Kia ora. Very, very nice to have you on the show. Can we go right back to 2007? I hope it's not too painful to relive. Can you just um, explain again what happened and how it sounded and how it felt? Absolutely, no, I can. It was uh, my first year of teaching. It was the September school holidays, and yeah, decided to take my good mate James up on Mount Suapehu. Uh, it was an ambitious trip, and we uh, landed ourselves in the uh, dome shelter, kind of unexpectedly for the night. And it was about eight o'clock at night. We just, well, James had drifted off to sleep, and I was just about asleep. And yeah, I heard the small rumble outside of the building, so I set up my sleeping bag, wondering what the, what on earth well, that was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the door of the dome shattered, just blew open with tremendous force, and what swung off its hinges. And I kind of hopped up onto my knees and skidded across the floor to grab the door frame and kind of look outside to see what all the fuss was about. And I could see 1.5 million cubic meters of mud, rock, and water spewing uh, up into the air. It was a sight I never forget. Oh my goodness! Good grief! Now, and you were struck by a boulder. Is that what was responsible, really, for the loss of your mm. right leg? I think it was uh, many, 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 many boulders um, right. that came kind of bursting in through the doorway, effortlessly in a way because of the amount of water from the crater lake that was carrying everything in. And yeah, rocks kind of began to kind of crush my legs, obviously my right one in particular. Uh, the walls around me smashed through the through the floorboards. It was horrific. You know, it sounded oh. like this jet plane was taking off outside. I was screaming. It was just an unbelievable situation to be placed in. Oh. And how long after this awful thing happened, William, before there was anybody there to help or to basically rescue you? Well, the eruption happened at half past eight. James would have left before nine o'clock, and I reckon I would have been unconscious before half past nine. So it was a pretty quick turnaround for James to get out, and I believe rescuers got to me at about one o'clock in the morning, so pretty quick, I think. So James had to take off from the hut and ran to get the rescuers, didn't he? He, he did, absolutely. He was underprepared in a, underprepared in a way that he had, all his gear was buried, so it wasn't his fault. Uh, and he had a yeah, courageous dash down the mountain to find help, which he successfully did. It was a huge feat to do that in the middle of the night after volcanic eruption, not well-dressed. And, yeah, he was able to organise a rescue to get up to me. When you say not well-dressed, William, I'm presuming also, because it was at exactly this time of the year, obviously, in 2007, 
was it with I presume temperatures were still very very cold at that stage on the yep. mountain yeah she was she was chilly up there right the dome shadow was encased in and over a meter of ice i think it was minus eight degrees up there that night so uh, james was dressed in his undies and my jacket and his boots he wasn't looking too good that's actually horrific yeah, yeah, so yeah. we you, you mentioned you were unconscious i might have missed this were you unconscious when james left or did you or did you come around when he was gone uh, no, so I was conscious while James was there, and a short time after James had left to run for help, I drifted off to sleep. Just the sheer cold, probably shock as well, a bit of blood loss, and I just drifted off to sleep thinking I'd, um, I'd never wake up again. It was, it was horrific. Did you actually think that, William? Did you think this is it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I was running through my head thinking about all the things I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to grow up and have kids and be the best teacher I could be and go on heaps more adventures, but it was being taken away from me, and what really twisted my guts was what... You know, mum, dad, friends and family were going to think when they heard I died <laughs> and yeah. volcanic eruption of all things, right? Oh, this is a gripping story, William. Can you hold for two minutes and we'll come back to you right after this break because it's great to talk to you. Do you mind? Sure, no problem. Thanks Thank you so very much. much. William Pike with us more on this amazing story. It's the anniversary, the September anniversary from 07. Our guest is William Pike who lost his leg in an awful, awful uh, eruption on Mount Ruapehu in 2007. Thanks again for coming on the show, William. It's an amazing story. Thank you. Now, William, let's jump forward, if we, if we could, please. I'm yeah. presuming, obviously, you were taken to a hospital somewhere after you were rescued. Um, w- yep. Did they ask you to make a decision? How, how did it come about that you actually lost your leg, mate? Well, it was an easy decision in a way. I remember waking up almost 24 hours after the accident in the intensive care room and, and looking down and seeing for the first time that the, there was no right leg there, so a uh, shock to the system. Gosh. Good Lord. Has, uh, oh, yeah. However, there, there, there's a terribly happy ending to this, isn't there? There is. There is. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good that can come from bad. Yeah, yeah and, and and that is the William Pike Challenge Award, and it's a great thing you're doing. So, so tell us about that, if you would. Yeah, no worries. So, I guess we believe that all of us, but particularly young people, are really stepping into a dramatically kind of changing world, perhaps like nothing you or I have ever seen before, and they're going to face some big challenges. And when I look back to my Marapahu experience, what I learned was is that when you're faced with a big challenge, success or failure comes down to whether you can step outside of that comfort zone or whether you can't. So the Challenge Award really is about kind of preparing kids to be able to step outside of their comfort zone, to develop a bank of 21st century skills, which will help them meet certain you know, challenges and change in the future. So it's a year-long kind of structured uh, program uh, facilitated by teachers in schools for year seven, eight, and nine students, and they participate in outdoor activities. Well, there's five of them across the year. They do 20 hours of community service, and they do 20 hours of passion projects, which is something new to the kids, whether it be cross-stitch or rugby or anything in between. And this year, we are working with 99 schools right around New Zealand and uh, just over 3,000 kids. So it's uh, such an honour to... Um, to be leading a program like that. Oh, that's a great program. All power to you, William. What a great thing. Last thing in your view, do you reckon young people today that you're talking to, are they more resilient or less resilient than a decade ago? Um, I, uh, it's, hard, it's hard to answer in a way. Um, but I think going forward, what we're, what we're hoping is we can make them more resilient than they are. I mean, the yeah. youth suicide rates and that aren't great. Uh, wellbeing is a real key topic. And I just, I just think that um, you know, our goal is to make our kids more resilient, uh, more connected, more confident. And um, I hope to see the benefits of that in the, in the years to come. Outstanding. William, thanks so much for your time. Thanks very much, William. No, I really sure. appreciate it, mate. Thank you.